Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damian Kristoff, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to the Wellness Guys, Daddy, Damo, Brett. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wellness Guys. I'm Dr. Lawrence Tam. I'm Dr. Damian Kristoff. And I'm Dr. Brett Hill. And you heard, uh, obviously, my daughter there introducing us, and uh, that was my little daughter, Kaya. Very cute. And, oh, thank you very much. I think so, but uh, I'm biased. <laughs> she definitely is. Well, the reason why we uh, were actually talking, we had her doing the introduction today is because we're talking about kids today. It's all about kids. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about how to get kids to love eating healthy foods. Yeah, like nagging them, bribing them, smacking at them, punishing <laughs> them, all that sort of stuff, right? Yeah, That's all that we, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Right. Golden rule of the wellness guys. Uh, no, no, listen, we, we're going to talk about, I mean, all if all parents out there who are listening on this show right now, I know I'm sure you are wondering how to get these kids to eat healthy foods. I know I am, I struggle with sometimes getting my car uh, to eat some healthy foods and, uh, and it's one of those things that, uh, you know, affects all parents, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Absolutely. You know, look, I've, I've got a 10-year-old and uh, they're surrounded all the time by influences that are just outside your control. And you kind of sometimes, I mean, some people have commented on me losing hair. I think it's because Jackson's <laughs> not always eating the right food. And it's not that I enforce that Jackson must only eat healthy food all the time. It's just, um, and, and that, that causes him to buck the system. It's just that you know, there's an abundance of bad food out there that influences their decision making, and they like the taste of it. Let's you know, let's face it. Anything that's strong in flavour, kids tend to like, isn't that right? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, I mean, I've got my little boy, little two and a half year old Tom, and uh, we're really lucky at the moment where we're still at that stage where he's kind of in that bit of a cocoon, and we can have a little bit more control over what he's doing and eating. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm sure we're going to get to the stage in the next couple of years where that's going to really get a lot harder, and those outside influences from friends and TV and you know aunties and grandparents, you know, all those outside influences start to come in and have a much bigger influence as well. Especially when they find out that, you know, when they go, can I have chocolate and you hand them an apple, that, that's actually lying. <laughs> or can I have some lollies, Dad, and you pass them some blueberries. It kind of doesn't work when they go to school anymore because they find out what the truth is. So uh, we need some more strategies. This is not chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So we've got, we've got strategies today. We've got some really great stuff. And yeah, look, I talk about food all the time. It's, it's what I do. It's one of my passions. But uh, Dr. Brett here gave a seminar on this last night. And uh, and I think in in talking about this and being current, Brett it's right off the tip. It's right on the top of um, Brett's mind. It's in his consciousness. It's on the tip of his tongue. And I reckon we go to Brett and say, Brett, what are the top things that you reckon we should or shouldn't be doing with our kids to get them to, you know, eat better food or to avoid the junk stuff? Well, awesome. before Brett starts, though, I think what really important for people to realize is that those, those of you who don't have kids or you know, kids are already grown up, moved out of your house, you got to realize that this is an important topic too, as well. This is an important topic for you to listen to because these are the same reasons. You know, the reasons that for us to get our kids to eat, love, love health, eating healthy foods is probably the same reason why you don't eat healthy foods <laughs> or some of us don't eat healthy foods. So. Yeah, true. And also your partner because, you know, sometimes you will – you know, I was talking to a girl just the other day who is, who's losing weight and, you know, she says, you know, I, I've asked my partner to not give me the foods that I'm, I'm not supposed to have and so he doesn't. Um, but every now and then I'll bring home the foods and then justify it and then he'll go, but you said – and she'll jump up and down and go, but this is what I want to do. And 
and of course he goes okay no problems and so you know you you want to build up strategies that you can help your partners with um, and help yourself with yeah absolutely so so it's really for the whole family isn't it it can really apply to everybody yeah and uh, and i think the the most important thing to try and figure out i reckon particularly the kids and food but also with adults and food is to try and create an environment where you actually rather than feeling like you have to have healthy food or that you need to have healthy food or people are making you have healthy food, mm. to, fit, to try and create an environment where you actually love having healthy you food. You want it. Yeah, that you want it. And, and that's a real distinction to make with your kids. And I know there'll be parents out there sort of sitting there going, well, that's just impossible. My kid doesn't love healthy food. He's not, never going to love healthy food. Um, but that's not true. Uh, it is possible. You can create that environment and you can create that sort of a – a feeling with your kids mm. um, and when you do it's really cool because it makes things a whole lot easier because you know we spoke at the start about the, sort of the nagging the bribing the smacking the shouting the punishing to try and get your kids to eat food and i want to say right off the bat that you know those can be really effective short-term strategies mm. um, and i think we've probably all been there and done it with probably <laughs> some if not all of those strategies um, yes. but in the long term you're setting yourself up for a battle yeah. where you're going to constantly be kind of having that fight because if, they are, if they're doing it because they have to, because you've told them they have to, because you've nagged them to do it, then you're going to have to keep doing that every single mealtime yeah. and it's going to keep being an ongoing battle. And guess what happens as soon as you're not there nagging them to do it? While the cat's away, the mice will play, they say, Brett. Absolutely. Mm. So, so you want to create that environment where they love to eat healthy food. Does mm. that make sense? Mm. Absolutely. I agree. Great. I agree. Now, I think that you know, obviously in creating the environment is really, really good. Um, and that's so important because if you keep your, you know, I often use this analogy, Brett, um, you'll tuck your children in at night time, you'll turn the electric blanket off in their bed if you use one, especially if they're wetting their bed, so you don't want them to wet the bed and the electric blanket's on. You'll lock the windows at night, you'll make sure you don't leave the heater on at night just in case there's a house fire. You make the house so safe and so um, you protect your children from that, but then you bring in all unsafe foods and you create an unsafe eating environment, which actually, in fact, could set people up for disaster for life. So diseases for life come from food that's inappropriate. And so you want to make your house safe, which I suppose in actual fact makes the environment um, conducive to eating well and healthy, if, if you know what I mean. And I think yep. that also you want to be able to uh, teach your children uh, the, the benefits of good food and the, and the benefits, uh, and I suppose, the drawbacks of the bad food, which we'll talk about too, Brett, and, and LT. Yeah, and I think one of the things, you know, the, the key point is as well is that it comes from a modeling perspective where, you know, people, the kids learn from us, you know, and, it, and we don't want to come from a place of dictating them what to do if you're not, especially when you're actually not doing them the same, same thing. I always talk in my seminars where, you know, you can't tell a child not to smoke when you smoke yourself. You know, it's it. just it's just wrong. And the, or the ever expect that they won't. Yeah, and it's just it's just the, the whole they see that you know they see that we you know, we talked about lying you know between an apple and a chocolate. Mm-hmm. Um, they they totally see that, and they, it would be silly for us to think that they don't get the feeling that we're lying to them or we're trying to manipulate them in some way. Mm. You know, they don't just see it; they smell it. You know, (laughs) all three of us have got kids, right? And we know that kids know know, if you're not if you're not quite being congruent, if you're not quite being honest, they know and they smell it a mile away. So you just can't get away with it. No, yeah. And I think that's why it's so important for us to, if we love eating healthy foods, they're just going to grow up in that environment, and they would know, you know, nothing else. They're just going to know to eat and and grow up to love healthy foods. And I think it's just 
I think one of the points will be is to talk about how important it is for them to know what is healthy food and what is like what is food that they really should have and knowing that certain foods that they can have sometimes. Yeah, totally. So, Brett, what do you reckon, mate? Um, tell us what what are the I suppose tell me tell us five things that we shouldn't do um, in the short term. What you know what shouldn't we do? Well, the things you shouldn't do are things that are going to make the kids feel like they have to or they need to do stuff. So, so anytime you're you're nagging them, you're bribing them, you know, smacking, shouting, punishing, you're actually you're, you're teaching them that they have to do it. You're kind of creating that battle zone. And do you know what? Even hiding vegetables. You know, I know that you know if you've got kids who just won't eat and you just want to get those nutrients into them, then hiding can be a useful strategy. Mm. But in the long term, you're not actually teaching them to love their healthy food because you're just constantly hiding it, and they're not getting that. Oh yeah, I actually like and I want that healthy food. Yeah, which is what you want to set up in the long term. So the the key to doing that though is to link it in with what the kids love doing. Okay. Uh, Because as parents, and particularly, do you know what? As like kind of wellness experts, and you know people who've got that sort of training and background, we want to talk to them about the things that kind of we think are important. Mm. So, you know, we might talk to the kids about, hey, you know, you shouldn't eat that food because you might get heart disease, you know, or <laughs> you shouldn't eat that food because, you know, you're, you're going to get cancer later on or, you know, whatever it happens to be. Guess what? Kids don't care, right? We, we care as parents. Yeah. Kids don't care. That, that's the furthest thing from their mind, you mm. know, talking mm. to a two-year-old about obesity, right? They're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so, so what you've got to do is you've got to talk to them about the things that they love doing, right? Yeah. Now, this is, you know, it's really easy with like my little two-year-old boy, right? Because two-year-olds are simple. You know, he yeah. wants to run fast. He wants to jump high. Yeah. He wants to, you know, he just wants to do simple stuff like that. That's hair so, on his chest. Yeah, yeah. So I can talk to <laughs> yeah. him about the fact that carrots are going to make you run faster. Now, yeah. I know that as he gets older, that conversation is going to have to get a bit more complex. Like because, it'll you make know, your vision better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We, yeah. we use that one as well. Yeah. And so we talk to him about that and he's like, cool, I want to run faster. I want my vision to be better. Yeah. So all of a sudden he's like, yeah, I want the carrot. And so um, – and we always use positive adjectives as well. So it's always – it's not just a carrot. It's always a yummy carrot or a delicious carrot or a fun carrot or you know whatever it happens to be. Mm. So we're just creating like that really that. positive environment around that food and linking it in with the things he loves doing because next time – um, he's going to be like, hey, I want to run fast. I'm going to make sure I jump for my carrots. And, okay. and then the, the second thing you can do with that is you can reinforce it afterwards mm. where once they've then eaten the food and then they jump down and they run across the room and you go, wow, that was awesome. Like you just ran so fast. It must be because you ate all those carrots. Does that make sense to you guys? I like it. Definitely. I like it. I'm going to go have a carrot. <laughs> I wonder why and my so, rabbit was running so fast today. But that, that's, that's exactly. Yeah. And so, Damo, you know, your little boy's a bit older than that. So he's yeah. sort of t- around the 10 age, isn't he? Yeah. And so, so I go, for Jack, him, this will get you all the chicks if you eat carrots. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> no, well, you know, I as they get older, you can even start having much more um, different conversations. You know, detailed conversations with yeah. him where, you know, he might be into football. And you can actually show him research where, you know, athletes are eating their vegetables or actually performing better or whatever it happens to be. You know, you can get a bit more detailed and a bit more higher level with that. Yeah, but once again, at... really focusing in on what they're into. Yeah, that's right. I think that's really important. But also there, be, there comes a time when children become um, inquisitive and they want to know more about what it is that is going into their tummy, um, especially if it's intelligent food. So if it's dumb food, which means that they eat it, subconsciously or unconsciously, which is stuff that, of course, has no vital force or no um, life force in it, which is, 
you know, that's, that's something that we will talk about in more detail at some point. But when food is dead, it doesn't, it doesn't give the kid any information. But when food's alive and it has um, an abundance of energy within the food, um, they want to know why it affects them so well. And so um, I remember Jackson at the age of about seven years old asking me, Dad, why, why is this better for me than that? And I was able to say to him, well, this particular food, Jack, uh, has these sorts of chemicals in it which are really good for your body and they make you strong. And these foods don't have the chemicals that make you strong. They make you tired and sleepy and grumpy. And that's all I had to say. And and f- ever since then, like things like avocados or peas or beans or pre- like, actually, in fact, every single vegetable here, it's all vegetables. Um, including Brussels sprouts and cabbage and cauliflower, you know, all that sort of stuff heats the whole lot because we've been able to link the, uh, you know, the benefits of the really good chemicals in that food that are actually there, but but they're not in the dumb food, the stuff that doesn't make you smart. Yeah, so you're linking it to how he feels after eating the food, not yeah. sort of before or during, but it's like, well, what effect does that food have on you? Yes. And, and you used some really graphic examples of that. I know you mentioned earlier, Damo. Tell us about those. Oh, what were they one? What were those? You, ones? You, you were talking about some of the uh, outcome measures of different foods you eat, perhaps. The uh, the 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 gas, the bloating, oh. the digestive. <laughs> stuff. Oh, we're talking about that now. I thought we we're saving that for a little bit later on. Okay, let's talk poo. I like it. So, uh, <laughs> we're talking, okay. so how do you so know? Let's, let's set this up. Yeah, let's set this up a bit. I think it's more about. Dan was going to talk about how to tell whether your kids are eating healthy. <laughs> let's put how do you tell when your kids are or aren't eating really healthy? Look, it's. Um, I think it's important to uh, to be aware of your children's bowel habits and urinary habits, and I don't think it's intrusive. Um, and, but I will always ask Jackson, "How did he go? You know, did you did you drop a log, or was it runny? Did it? You know, did you need to use much paper?" And these are really important questions, and I think it's really important that you get comfortable with asking these questions because it's you're because you're not going to sit there and watch and investigate uh, what your child's doing but it's good to get their feedback from it if they understand what a healthy stool is or a healthy poo is then they have um, a degree of information that most other people don't yet understand even in their adult life but they can actually help them understand whether or not their food is good for them so you can't if you can educate them about the benefits of a healthy stool then that's a great thing i like the bristol stool chart i think that's a great thing i think that's absolutely fantastic but um so i I will always ask Jackson, how did you go? Did you get a log out? Now, he'll now go, Dad, I've got two logs or I've got three logs. Um, I'll go, did they float or did they sink? Um, did they, you know, and, and I'll ask if he had to use much paper. If he had to use much paper, then I know that he's been eating bad food. If he didn't have to use a whole lot of paper, then I know that the food that he's eating is good. The, you know, a sticky poo that kind of sticks around and it, it sticks to the back of the bowl or it, it requires a lot of paper uh, to clean up is not a good poo. And that's, that's, that indicates that there's poor digestive health. You want something that, you know, kind of slides out, is kind of Teflon-like and doesn't require a whole lot of cleanup. And that's what I've encouraged Jackson to strive towards, I suppose, in his, in his feces, in his bowel movements. The other indicator that I have with Jackson, uh, whether or not he's doing, you know, a good job with his number twos, um, is whether or not he's passing a lot of wind. And, uh, and if he's passing a lot of wind, I know that he's been eating foods that just aren't working for him. Now, that could be anything from broccoli um, all the way through to bread. So it, it could be anything. But I need to then hone in on the food that's actually creating this kind of dysfunction. So my radars go up and I kind of go, okay, well, what's he been eating the last few days that I'm aware of? And, uh, and then I'll, I'll play around with that for a little bit. I might take one of those foods out 
let, you know, let's just say it's broccoli, and I'll substitute with another vegetable and see whether or not that meal actually creates the same degree of um, of gas that the previous meal did. And uh, and that's a, a one way of using, I suppose, food exclusion to work out whether or not the, the food is good for you, you know, your child. Um, and you could do this for foods that would be suspected to be poor choice, so white bread versus you know a, a grainier bread, or you know maybe quinoa versus brown rice, or something like that. You know, you might be finding trying to work out what's better for your child. But um, they're the clues. I like the I like the the feces, and I like the the the, uh, the gas. They're good indicators. And and do you know what? There's a whole bunch of other ones you can use as well. Um, and it's really good to have these sort of to think about these outcome measures when you're judging food. Um, and so it might be things like what are their energy levels like, sort of later on that day or the next day. Yeah. Um, you know, how, how tired are they? Um, how grumpy and whingy are they? And moody. You know, these are actually like really yeah. These are. These are really good indicators of what this what the food is doing to your kids, mm. and it's often that thing where you don't realise it until you start to look for it, mm. and once you start to look for it, it's really really obvious, and you'll start to see these really obvious links between hey they ate that, and then later on that day they were just a nightmare, or you know they ate that, and then the next day you know they were just grumpy and whingy and whatever, <laughs> um, but but it's really obvious once you start to look for it. Have you guys noticed that? Well, yeah, I have. Oh, have yeah. you, LT? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it's one of those things that you 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 watch kids just respond to certain types of food, and you just like they send them off on the wire, or you know if they you know went to a birthday party and they you know especially when a kid who hasn't had much sugar and all of a sudden they just get injected with the sugar, it's like whoa, they're just jumping, bouncing off the off trampolines and you know off the walls, and it's it's you, you as a parent should know, and I think it's important to teach like what you're saying is is to teach them, and I think you can start them at very young, you know I we were t- telling um, Kaya. Um, about foods even when you know she was a year and a half and two years when she used to speak to her about food and what's a good healthy food and what's not a healthy food and she asked the question now like she asked daddy is this a healthy food yeah you know and especially when and you know you damn well you've been to my house and she does that she goes it's this healthy it is healthy right yeah or this is not a healthy food but it's okay if i have a little bit like so she knows and you you're sort of getting i think when you start them young you get them to start questioning food as a whole, like all the foods that are in, in front of them, not just like just take it for granted that they're just going to eat anything we put in front of them. You know, yeah. Because there's going to be situations where you, they go to birthday parties and they don't know any better. They're just going to be eating whatever. And I think it's important if, if a kid learns to learn how to judge things, they might come up to you and go, Daddy, is it okay if I have this? Yeah, and you recognize it's full of color and sugar just coming off them. It's like, oh, maybe let's not let's not have that. Let's take this instead. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think it's important to start at a very young age. You know, I don't think you're you know, two years old would be a great age to start asking questions. Yeah, and and even at that age, they get it. Like they're so switched on. Where you know, if you if you point out to them that they ate this and then they felt like that, or they ate this and then they were tired and grumpy or whatever it was, they get it. Like they completely make that link. And they think about it like they really take it on board. It's quite amazing for such young kids, but they really understand it because they're they're so much more in touch with their body, I think, than what we are often as adults. Yeah, often that's true. As a practitioner, guys, um, one of the things I look for in children that come into my office is uh, dark circles under their eyes. And, you know, often children with uh, congested sinuses, you know, persistent congested sinuses or recurrent ear infections or tonsillitis, um, dry skin, you know, cracks in the folds of their arms or in the back of their knees, you know, eczema, those sorts of things, or, you know, recurrent tinea or um, constipation. 
Um, off, you know, I look for all these sorts of things because because these are indicators of food intolerance or or dysfunctional digestive uh, systems, and so I look for that all the time. But the dark rings under the eyes is very very indicative of allergy or sensitivity, and um, and I think that it's very important that people look for that and look at their kids, you know, without the rose coloured glasses on, and look at your child and go, is my child looking healthy right now? Um, and if, if your child's not looking healthy, you know, be honest. Don't think that children should have black rings under their eyes because they shouldn't. They're either really tired, which that shouldn't be the case, or they're eating the wrong food. And if, if you've got that situation, whip your child off to someone who could look after their diet and get it all fixed up, or be a little bit savvy yourself and maybe think about the foods that are inappropriate that you're feeding your child or allowing your child to eat and take them out. Get them away from them because it's not serving them at all. Hey, Dan, well, that's a good question. I mean, I know most parents are listening to this right now, you know, say, oh, I do, that's actually happening with my kids. What would you be the first thing that you sort of um, look for? What should, what should a parent do, you know, if they see dark circle under the eyes? Look, I, I would suggest that parents look at the foods the child is eating the most of. And typically um, it'll be, you know, one or two things that they'll be eating a lot of. And I always suggest that they take that out. So the thing that they eat the most of, the thing that is their their um, fallback food. So when they're not eating their dinner, they just go and have such and such. Or when they're not having their breakfast, I just give them this to keep them, you know, full. Or, you know, to keep them quiet, I go and give them this. That's probably the food that they're sensitive to because that's the one that they're mounting a, an immune response to. And when you activate an immune response within the body, you activate adrenaline. And when you activate adrenaline, you activate a cortisol response. And so all of these chemicals going inside the body create a really nice feeling. And so there's this degree of satisfaction with the poor food that's been eaten that in actual fact stimulates an allergic reaction or a sensitivity reaction which is in fact you know inappropriate you don't want that so um it's the food that they're eating the most of or that they appear to be addicted to is what i take away first fantastic that's good that's great uh, great advice Here's a here's a, a one other thing that uh, I've been doing just lately, and it's been kind of fun. I thought I'd just share that with you with um, with my kids, um, making it a game in a sense. You know, uh, one of the games of like, like for example, eating carrots. It's like you put the carrots in the mouth and say who can chew the loud, loudest. You know, that's it's just a fun way. So you, we talked about having making it fun, and that's one of the things that we can do to to create sort of a, a fun, exciting thing to eat. Uh, eat uh, healthy food one the other thing that uh, my my mother-in-law has done uh, recently is that we she took a kaya to go plant some carrots in our garden nice that's a good idea you know and i think that's a great way because they start to see kids start to recognize and to to see the whole process of where food comes from Mm. and you know she's excited for these carrots to come out you know and i think that you know that makes it that much more exciting to to do. And then now we've also, when we make our salads, um, we get Kaya to actually cut the carrots or peel the carrots. You know, and and she just takes this little pumpkin knife that's not very sharp at all, and she actually starts to cut it and she puts it in the salad for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she becomes part of the making of the meal. And I think it's a very also another really cool way. So the whole point of that, or what I'm saying, is involve them. You know, yep, definitely. involve them as a family to do the things together and teach them to love not just eating healthy foods, but you know, how to make healthy foods. 
Yes. Yeah, definitely. And that works so well. And, you know, I always say to everyone, you know, people think, oh, I can't do that because I've only got this little inner city apartment. You know, I don't have room to have a veggie patch or whatever. But, you know, you can just have a pot plant in the kitchen with a bit of lettuce in it. You know, like it, it can be really simple to just add that little bit where, you you know, you're just teaching them a little bit about food and where it comes from and growing it and, you know, all that sort of stuff that, that really helps them get involved with the food. Mm. And uh, and one of the things you sp- spoke before about making it fun, Lawrence, you know, one of the things we can do is we can start to look at what the junk food companies do because right? they're great <laughs> at getting kids to eat their food. Aren't they? Right? So, so you can start thinking about the sort of things they do to get, a, get kids to eat their food. So they make it look fun, right? They make it look colourful. Um, they link it to um, the kids' favourite characters and movies and all those sort of things. They have clowns. So yeah, yeah. So you can start thinking about all those sort of things. So you might make a green juice for your child and it might be bright green and you might talk about it and you might call it a Shrek juice, you know? Oh, so yes. it's like you, it looks fun, it's kind of different colour, it's oh, linked yeah, yeah. in with their favourite movie character. You know, all of a sudden you're making this whole fun thing around this healthy food. And, yeah. and you know, you can even go one step further as you spoke about before, but linking it into the things they like, right? Because the other thing the, uh, the fast food companies always do is they'll link it in with their favourite sports people or their favourite sports team or, you know, whatever it happens to be. So you can kind of do that as well. You know, you can talk about it and link it in with their characters and what they like and what they're into. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's a great yeah. idea. Shrek yeah. juice. That's awesome. Shrek juice. It's great, isn't it? Bright <laughs> green. I love it. So, um, Lawrence, we spoke a little bit before about the uh, about the birthday parties and kind of the exceptions. You know, where there are, there are going to be some events where you go to where it's kind of unavoidable, right? They're going to eat some stuff that's maybe not so good for them. Mm. Um, so, you know, how do you guys deal with that? Oh, do you want to go first, Lawrence? Or no, go ahead. I'll go. Let's take... You have more experience with I... birthday parties than I do. I've only had. <laughs> <laughs> My thing is um, that. I'm, I don't want to make a scene of it. So um, Jackson already knows what foods make him feel unwell. So I've already taught him um, to recognise the signals within his body. So he goes, oh, I won't eat those because they make me feel sick or I won't eat those because they give me a sore tummy or I won't eat those because I feel tired tomorrow. So he knows that sort of – he already he, – he's got that already. But, awesome. you know, if he goes to a party and there's lollies there, um, I don't say don't have those, Jack, but what I'll, I'll do later on, in fact, when he gets a lolly bag, I'll buy that lolly bag off him because right now iTunes vouchers are far more important to Jackson than even a bag of lollies. <laughs> so I'll go, here's a $15 iTunes voucher if I can have your lolly bag and that just goes straight into the bin. So um, he gets the iTunes voucher, he doesn't get those lollies. So that's my way of coping with the lolly bag. But, the, um, but when he's at the parties... Um, I'll let him go and I'll ask him at the end of the party, so what would you eat? And he'll go, oh, you know, I had some snakes or I had some uh, raspberries or I had some cordial or I had whatever. And I go, how do you feel? And he go, oh, I feel kind of crazy. Uh, I feel a bit sick or I don't really feel like dinner or those sorts of things. And then it gives me the opportunity to actually talk about it. But I've never, ever made him feel bad for eating the wrong food and I've never, ever um, made other people look silly for eating that sort of food either. So what I've tried to do is actually encourage Jackson to recognise the feelings that he gets with those foods. But I, And I'll let him go do it because then the next time he goes to a party, he might stay away from them. But what I've, what I've also recognised is that, is that the parents who stop their children from eating that stuff, who stop their children from eating that stuff, um, actually create a monster and a rod for their back because the child, when they get access to that food and they do it behind their parents' back, 
uh, do it far worse and they binge and they get overweight and they get sick and they do it far you know, with, with far more significant intent than uh, a child who's been allowed to have that stuff but now understands the effect of it on their body. Especially when yeah. they get older, you know, especially when they hit the teenage years where they can actually hide a bit of hide the junk food. Yeah, um, They can right. buy their own junk food and um, they won't tell their parents that they're eating it. And um, that's one of the, you know, it sets them up later on in life. Yeah. Um, yeah. My experience so, with, with young kids, it's, it's, you know, because obviously my daughter's only um, turning three next week. And, you know, the, my experience with the birthday parties is, is, yeah, it's not, I think, make sure that we don't make it wrong as well, especially, you know, make it wrong for everybody else to say that, you know, this is the, the wrong food to eat. But I think at this age, because it's a bit of influence, the difference between Jackson's at 10, he can make some of the choices for himself. But, you know, at with Kai's age, she doesn't necessarily um, really know some of the choices to make, especially when it's just out there. But what's good about it is she always will just ask whether or not um, it's okay for me, her to eat. And, uh, and you know, you you still allow her. You just sort of have to pick and choose the the, the best of best of the worst, I guess, um, yeah. and, and kind of move from that perspective. Yeah. And and I think it's really useful to talk to them about um, you know the concept that you know we only do this really occasionally, um, and this is and talk to them about why you only do it really occasionally. Like it's like because what can happen sometimes is we set up these occasional things like these birthday parties or these celebrations as like this huge big event like it's this special treat it's this yeah. really special occasion yeah. and we can we can subconsciously create links with our kids that when we want to have fun when we want to feel good when we want to celebrate when we want to lift our mood yeah. then we go and eat this junk food go and have bad food that's right yeah. that's so we're going to be really careful about not creating that link um, but also letting them know that look you know, it's, it's okay to do it very occasionally, but the reason we only do it very occasionally is because, you know, X, Y, Z, it makes you feel tired, it makes you feel cranky, it makes you feel, you know, it's not so good for you. Yeah. So that they understand that, you know, it's not actually necessarily a reward, it's just something you do every now and then, yeah. um, but, you know, you don't want to do it all the time because it's going to, you know, you're not going to feel so good. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah absolutely. And I think that that's a really, really important thing. And the, you know, one of the, the struggles that we have with in you know in in adults, you know, if they've had uh, food based rewards, um, or exactly mm. what you were saying before, Brett, where the occasional food becomes a massive, big you know, celebration. It's an occasional thing. Let's go and have maccas, um, or let's go and pig out at KFC because it's Friday today and we do it once a week or whatever, you know, if kids are looking forward to having this, you know, massive big food-based reward for their behaviour, um, then they treat food um, as if it's a, a reward system and so that whenever they do something good, they want reward for it and so they, they look for food-based rewards or something that actually gives them that endorphin rush. And so it's either going to be food or you know, something else that's going to have, give them an endorphin rush. And that could be anything, you know, if we're talking adolescence, it could be anything from, you know, let's face it, drugs, alcohol, smoking, um, sex. It could be any of these sorts of things. And it, it all comes down to that immediate gratification and the psychology behind reward uh, for behaviour. And we want to try and avoid that, certainly with the most... Um, important thing that we do on a daily basis, which is eat. We want to take away any kind of reward associated or any kind of behaviour associated with food. Yeah, absolutely. And if you are going to have food as a reward, like there's heaps of healthy stuff you can do that actually tastes great. Um, that you know you can actually have rewards for your kids. That is, you know, a beautiful, especially when they're little, like Tom's age. You know, it can be just a beautiful punnet of strawberries. You know, or something just yummy like that. When they get older, it might be a bit more of a complex, you know, thing that you make up, but it still can be something really yummy 
that they're going to love yeah. but is actually still healthy for them. But, yeah. but I reckon even better than that is to start looking at doing other sort of rewards. You know, you can reward your kids by spending time with them and going and doing something fun with them. You know, you can reward your kids by, um, you know, just praise, you know, praising them in front of themselves, in front of others. You know, there's, there's all sorts of different ways you can Don't reward your kids. That? Yeah, it's, it's amazing. That's like so powerful yeah. and it's so simple. Um, you know, so there's heaps of other ways you can reward your kids that don't have to be based around food as well. So it's not like they're getting denied, you know, they're, they're getting denied this um, reward. It just means that you're doing it in different ways as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, oh, it's good. LT, what have you got to say on that? Well, I, I think it's one of the things I, I find um, the, one of the hardest for kids as well is that, you know, every kid has got different taste buds, I, I believe, and, and, and they're... they're and I don't know if anyone we want to talk a little bit about that in terms of um, how they develop that, but I find that uh, certain kids just love to taste food, like different types of food, and they have no problems with it. And some kids, you know, just absolutely don't want to do that. And but I think it's important if we set them up at a young age is to be able to just keep them trying, trying different foods, like just even the willingness to give something a go. Yeah. Um, because a lot of kids sometimes like, oh, no, I don't want to have that, but they've never even tried it. And I think that sets up for later on to have problems uh, with not even giving things a go, especially if it just looks not, you know, yucky for them. So if you sort of encourage them to just give it a taste, and if they don't like it, but don't force it. Just say, okay, well, that's fine. You don't want to eat it and, uh, and just move on with it. So don't make a big deal out of it. I think that's one of the really important ways of, of getting kids to try different things. And in adults, we should do that too as well. Look, I haven't had to deal with any of that sort of stuff with Jack, fortunately. But, you know, Brett, have you got a strategy around that one? Well, I think the, it's just repetition. Like we spoke before about the, the junk food companies and what they do, yeah. right? And the number one tool that they use is repetition. You mm. know, they just keep – you know, if you turn on the TV, they just keep bombarding the kids with the ads. You know, and they do it on TV. They do it on radio. They do it in school. They do it through their sports programs. They do – you know, like they're getting exposed to this stuff absolutely everywhere they look. And, and that's, that's the key to it is that you need to use those same strategies. You need to understand that kids' tastes are going to change over time. And that you just need to keep trying. Yeah. And the, the more you try, the more their tastes are going to change. And I find the more healthy food they eat, the easier it is for them to try different healthy foods as well. It kind of becomes a bit of a snowball effect. Yeah. Um, and the earlier you introduce those healthy foods, then the easier it is to do, definitely. Yeah. Um, but, but I think it's, it's definitely just, just keep going. You just got to keep, keep trying, keep trying, keep trying, keep offering. Um, you know, don't get too pushy and naggy, but just keep giving them that option. Just keep giving them that option. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Brett, um, I mean, we all, we, all practitioners and Lawrence, all practitioners use various techniques to get this information. And, of course, you can find lots of information on the web um, and get, you know, nice little bits and pieces. But I always like to credit where I get my information from, you know, whether it be studies or whether it be books or whatever else. And, Brett, I think a lot of the information you've used tonight is outstanding. Where could people find out more information about that? Yeah, well, there's a couple of books they can use to get some more information. Um, one of the ones I use for, for a bit of the information I used for my talk last night and also the stuff we've talked about today uh, is this book called Don't Tell Them It's Healthy by a girl called Karen Fisher. Okay. Um, she's an Aussie Fisher? girl. It uh, it's F-I-S-C-H-E-R. Right, okay. Um, and I reckon that's an awesome book. You know, I, I didn't agree 100% with Karen on her tips around actually what kids should eat, but yeah. her tips around how to get kids to eat it, I just thought were amazing. Like it was a brilliant book. Yeah, right. Um, the other one that I know we were talking about earlier was uh, Well-Adjusted Babies by yeah. Dr. Jennifer Barham-Floriani, which yeah. is just a fantastic book on 
everything parenting from conception right through to the preconception, you know, preconception right through to you know teenagers almost. Yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's just an book. amazing book. It's a great um, book. And uh, yeah, I'm sure you guys can speak about your experience with that book as well. But we've found as parents, it's been a fantastic resource for us. Yeah, it's almost like a Bible. I reckon I, I give it to every single one of my my pregnant um, patients, uh, yeah, or you know, or or you know, new parents, you know, mums who bring in their newborn for an adjustment. I give, I hand over this book. It's just, it's such a wonderful way to raise a, a well-adjusted child. I think it's great. Yeah, every every. Uh one of my patients or clients that are that are pregnant, I definitely give away one of those books. And I think Jennifer also has uh, produced a, a little pamphlet on uh, which food to introduce first. And, yeah, so uh, it's called Which Foods When. Which Foods When, great. Yeah. And it's a, it's a great little chart that guides you through what should what foods that you should introduce starting from the age of you know four to six months and all the way through and uh, because obviously you know a baby's not going to start eating uh, chocolate right away so you want to make sure they eat the right foods and make sure you add the right foods in appropriate in appropriate amounts as well so yeah absolutely, absolutely. and demo there was one other book that you mentioned to me the other day that sounded really good that I'm actually going to get a copy of oh um, look oops. yeah look this book is outstanding I love it um, and it's it's written with uh, children in mind but for parents to read. You know, and so it's really well illustrated. It's called Feed Me Right. Um, it was written by a couple of Kiwi girls, um, Dee and Tamarin uh, Pinagai. And um, it's called Feed Me Right. And if you looked it up online, uh, Feed Me Right. In fact, um, I think I've, I've got a link to it on my website. But um, we'll put a link to it. Uh, and as with all of our books, we'll put a link to it on our website, uh, on, on the yeah, Wellness sure. Guys website, that. so that we can uh, at least point you in the right direction to get these these things. Um, I wrote actually the uh, the foreword to the uh, Feed Me Right book. Um, it would be some four years ago now, five years ago, and it was my honour because this book is so well written. It explains everything about what the food does to your body, how it gets into your body, what your chewing does, what the swallowing does, what the stomach does, what happens when it goes through your small intestine, what bacteria is, what the poos mean, what's a healthy one, what's not, uh, what is gas and why you shouldn't have much. And it explains everything in really simple terms for kids, um, but so simple, in fact, so simple that parents will understand. It's fantastic. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. Well, listen, guys, this is a fantastic episode. I think a lot of people are going to get so much out of this in terms of regards to obviously just not for kids' healthy habits. I have learned some stuff that I think some of my clients should be listening to even if they didn't have kids for themselves. So (laughs) (laughs) it's sort of bringing the kids out of themselves. Um, But is there any last final words that you wanted to to talk about uh, before we end this call? Uh, look, I, I think it's, it's just important to uh, not not push this one aside. You know, don't don't listen to this another day. Like, hopefully, you've got if you've made it to this point in the in the, in the call then or the episode, then you, you've listened to the whole thing. But implement it straight away. So don't think, oh well, you know, that's great, great information. These guys are really funny or really smart or, you know, gee, that Damien guy's got a funny Australian accent or whatever. <laughs> just uh, if you could uh, action it straight away, use some of the strategies that Brett's spoken about. Um, start to Ask your children some, you know, some questions that are probing. You know, ask them how their bowel movements are if they're young enough to be able to disclose that information. I suppose when they get to 13, 14, 15 and you haven't done it before and you go, you know, hey, Lawrence, uh, I know you're 15, but how did how'd your poo go? You know, it's kind oh, of – it's, it's not going to go too well. <laughs> you know, kind of it's something you start at a younger age. But, you know, there's some questions that you can ask your children um, as, they, as they get a little bit older that I think as adults we know what we need to ask and what information we need to get to determine whether or not they're eating well. But get it going, start, start it straight away. 
And I think my final tip to parents would be um, don't be too hard on yourself. Like really understand that this stuff, you know, it, it can be hard at times and, um, you know, sometimes you won't be as successful as others and it's going to take some time, particularly if you've got older kids and you're trying to change those habits that have developed over time. Uh, yes. It is going to take time. It is going to take some persistence. But it is so worth it in the long run. You know, if you can end up with a child who loves eating healthy food, who you don't have to battle with, who you don't have to nag, you know, who's going to actually have the the right information to make the right choices, it is so worth every little bit of effort you put in. Yeah. Yeah. Let's face it. I mean, raising a child is like a 20, 30, 40 year old journey, right? So it's not, you know, don't think that just because you're unsuccessful, you know, the, you know, the first 20, 50, 100 times, you know, that doesn't mean that there's not going to have an influence. I think, like you guys said, little influences here and there, repetitively done right, will be, make a huge impact on their life in the future. And that's what we're trying to change. I mean, we look at teenagers, I see teenagers that come in to my office and it's just, you know, you know, they had years of um, abuse, I guess, in, in, in themselves in terms of um, in terms of food. And if they start at the young age and you just keep at it, it, will, it can change their life for the future. And we're heading into an obesity ed- epidemic, especially in the younger kids. And uh, it's not going to change unless we do. You know, we each of us as parents step up and create the change for our kids. And first of all, it has to start with you. You as being the role model, you the person that is listening to this, you're going to have to be the role model for your kids and your grandkids. And I think that's the, one of the most important things that we have to carry forward. Yes. So th- listen, this is another episode of uh, Wellness Guys Show. I hope you've been enjoying this. We look forward to passing all this information, but you got to make sure right now you got to at least jot down all these, all the notes that you've, all the sort of tips that Brett has gone, you know, has given you, and start doing one thing at a time. Don't have to do all of them. Just start with one thing and apply for this week and see how you go. All right. So I'm Dr. Lawrence Tam. I'm Dr. Damien Christoph. I'm Dr. Brett Hill. And we're the Wellness Guys, and we'll talk to you. See you in the next episode.